Second and two. Uh-oh. Brady gets hit. The ball is out. And Philadelphia has it. Derek Barnett comes away with it. Brandon Graham was one of the guys who got in there. Brady under pressure. Escapes the sack. Launching one for the end zone. It's a jump ball and it's incomplete. And Grock was there. And time runs out. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Finally. Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome to the funeral of the <laughs> 2017 Patriot season. Ugh. Hi, Melissa. Aloha, Craig. Aloha. Yeah, you would. Uh, how's Hawaii? How you doing out there? I'm doing okay. I would say that, you know, uh, if you're not in New England, you're basically in enemy territory. Yep. Uh, so it wasn't great around here last night. There was a lot of Eagles chance, a lot of spelling of Eagles, which, uh, yep. as I said to you before, basically just makes them Jets fans with a better vocabulary, which isn't really where you want to put yeah. yourself. I don't know. You got a couple more letters in there. I think you got two more. Some of them are repeats, though, so I'm not giving you a lot of credit for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but a lot of E-A-G-L-E-S going on in Hawaii last night. That sucks. It sure does. Sure does. It's one thing to be with your brethren and, like, you can all wallow together. <laughs> another thing to be literally anywhere else where everybody right right yeah because there's no such thing as a neutral site for the patriots anymore we're so hated that everything outside of new england is yeah behind enemy lines like you said yeah we're the new evil empire as we've talked about before we talked about it way more confidently before (laughs) which i think is the difference here yeah this is like i I, yeah this is like the people on the death star who were like the fucking death star rules and then it exploded (laughs) no shit we really put our eggs in the wrong basket here. <laughs> so anyways, the Patriots obviously lost the Super Bowl to uh, the fucking Philadelphia Eagles. 41-33 was the final. Uh, the clip you just heard was the strip sack. Not cute. Uh, at the end of the game. Uh, that's really mean to do to Patriots fans out there. Make them relive uh, that moment. You know what was fucked about that, too? I don't know about you, but Brady with the ball down five, two minutes and 21 seconds, I think it was, with a timeout and obviously the two-minute warning. Like, where was your confidence level? Oh, we're driving down the field. We're scoring a touchdown. This is it. This is perfect. This is what we want. Right? All within two minutes. Yeah. Was there any reason to believe at that point that the Pats weren't going to go down and score? Like, that was the game. They hadn't... I mean, they hadn't not scored yet, if that right. double negative yeah. makes sense. They hadn't punted all game. So to think that they weren't going to be able to drive down the field, like, I, I w- we were sitting here, and I said to my now husband, oh, well, it's no big deal. We'll just go down and score. This is going to be a game of who gets the ball last. Yeah, literally, <laughs> yeah I, I said almost the exact same thing in, in that the, the Patriots have been on the opposite end of that you know, three or four times now. I, I mean, well, three times in Super Bowls with both Giants Super Bowls and even the, the Seahawks Super Bowl where we go down and score 
and take the lead in the fourth quarter and then give the ball back to the opposing team and are unable to stop them and lose. This was the opposite, where the other team went down in store to give the ball back to us so we can march down. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is like the opposite of what has generally happened. Now, obviously, in the Seahawks game, the Malcolm Butler miraculous interception changes that. But, you know, people forget there was the insane Jermaine Curse catch down the sideline. And, you know, that was... That we we had all seen that movie before at that point, but I was I was like borderline, you know I don't want to say excited, you know I don't know how you excited you could be down five with two minutes left to go in the in the two, last two minutes of a Super Bowl, but I was like yeah fuck yeah what yeah, what reason at that point in the game was there to believe that they wouldn't score right where had the Eagles defense stopped you at any point that you were like oh this will be the time they'll get us right. like nope right we're just oh, marching man. up and down this field like. You know, they set a record, the two teams together, for most points or most yards in a NFL postseason game. Yeah. Arena ball. Yeah. Yeah. I think that someone tweeted that. I don't remember who, so this is not a good statistic. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think when you talk about marching up and down the field, it kind of brings us to the elephant in the room when it comes to the Super Bowl. Where the fuck was Malcolm Butler? Well, I know exactly where he was. He was on the goddamn sideline with his helmet on, probably crying. Fuck, yeah, he was crying during America the Beautiful. Stupid Chris Collinsworth, who I fucking hate. We can get to that later. Was uh, talking about how he was so emotional during America the Beautiful, and I wonder why. And it's like, well, you dick, it's because he's not playing. (laughs) Yeah, that's the part. That's the part in this game that, like, you know, I went through and watched it again today. Oh, my God, because you I hate yourself. These things. I don't even no, understand to, that. Part of my process with stuff like this is wallowing. I, I need to, like, I, wallow oh in God. it for at That's least like, 24 hours, sometimes more. Oh, God, it's like you went through a bad breakup and then you called your ex so they could tell you all the reasons they broke up with you again. <laughs> or, like, going through, like, old Facebook photos or something. <laughs> yeah. And then you come across one with them, like, with their new significant other. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Some nightmare. Yeah, They've and I don't wallow you. in it. Like I don't need to watch like the fucking parade or anything. Like I don't like not like that. I just I gotta like you know I need, I, I seek to understand. Yeah, I seek to understand. Okay, and but what, yeah, that's what did something you that I find out. What I found out is that I'm pissed off still today, <laughs> as I was last night. That I just there is no there is nothing that can come out. And right now, as it stands, you know it's Monday night. Uh, and there's been a little, little little inklings of the of the stories coming out all day as to why did the Patriots make the decision to bench Malcolm Butler? And my response to that is, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what the reason is. Eventually, right. it's going to come out, I'm sure. But I can't think of anything that he could have possibly done that would warrant benching, effectively benching one of your what top five, maybe even top three best defensive players yeah. in the fucking Super Bowl? Like, I don't care what he did. I mean, I'm curious, but it's not going to justify it. Once that story comes out, it's not going to make a difference, at least not to me. Right, and I get your Bill Belichick and you need to make a point. Sure, he doesn't start. You sit him for the first quarter. But your team got fucking rolled in the secondary, and you've got this guy, Super Bowl hero from three years ago, just looking from the sidelines, being like, I could have made that stop. I could have prevented mm-hmm. that completion. I could have prevented those yards after the catch that were murderous to the Patriots game. Yeah, just tackling. Tackling was a, oh was a huge God. problem. Was... And the Patriots are generally one of the better teams just in terms of bringing someone to the ground. Like, they are they are good at that. And Malcolm right. Butler is one of the best one of the best players that the Patriots have at exactly that, preventing yards after catch and bringing people down. It's infuriating. And it's also, like, it's so 
arrogant of the, of you know the coaches, i.e., Bill, to think that he could win a Super Bowl with like one hand tied behind his back like that. Right. Like, right. W- is that? Did he really think that? Like, you that's were how, that much you know, better. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about like disrespecting the opponent. Just like. Really? Did you like you? We were watching the same game, right? Like you really <laughs> thought that you could get through that without your second best corner? Like, oh god! I just I don't think I'll never I'll I can't get past it. I I, I don't think I ever will. Even when the story eventually comes out of why it was. Sure, and, but I agree with you. Like, who fucking cares? It, it too little, too late. I don't care what the reason was. I don't care if he shanked your mother. Like, you're there Seriously. to win one game. You have one chance, and. You left a weapon that you needed sitting on the sideline. Desperately needed. Desperately. The difference in that game was there was basically one, uh, one and a half defensive plays of any consequence. There was the, uh, and and the half I give to the Jerron Harmon interception, which was a huge play at the time. And the Patriots were able to turn it into a touchdown. But like in terms of like individual effort, like it was sort of more of like a right place, right time type of turnover. I think. Oh yeah. I mean, he, um, Aguilar. I don't know. I can't uh, say that. That was Alshon Jeffrey. That Okay. You you just correct all my statistics. That's perfect. Jeffrey (laughs) basically just batted the ball to him. And had he not batted the ball, there's no way Harmon could have intercepted that. No, no, no. So, it was yeah, luck. so really there was one one defensive play of any consequence, and that was Brandon Graham at the end of the game with the strip sack on Brady. And, like, you know, I'm not saying that Malcolm Butler would have, you know, had a pick six or a strip sack fumble or, like, e- e- nothing even like that. That's not what I'm saying. But I, I really do believe that the Patriots win that game if Butler plays. Yeah. The, the Eagles were 10 for 16 on third down, 2 for 2 on fourth down. Like, you're telling me if Butler's uh. in the game, that couldn't have been – Eight for sixteen, right? Well, you and know, that's maybe the thing. one for two one, on fourth. Like, exactly. just that little exactly. bit of difference could have been the difference because right. they were just up and down the field all game. Like oh you said, it was going to come down to whoever had the ball last, basically. Right. That one stop. They needed one stop on third down. They needed the Eagles were not afraid to go for it on fourth down. They converted two mm-hmm. of them, and it's like crying out loud. Like, finally, you think you have a stop. Like, okay, we got him. We stopped him, and then they're going to go for it on fourth down because the odds of you stopping them twice are low, and they were because they converted them. And it was like, good God, I, it it was painful. It was just yeah, painful I mean, to watch it, and no Butler was sitting on the sideline. And, like, maybe he didn't do anything differently. Maybe it didn't make a difference that in the end they still lost. But at least you knew that our best foot was forward and we were trying everything that we yeah, had. Yeah, that your best players were on the field. Right. Like, you know, and, and there's been plenty of Patriots losses over the years where you, you know, as infallible as Bill tends to be in terms of uh, uh, how Patriots fans view him, like, you know, there's he hasn't been totally unscathed in his career. The, you know, fourth and two in 2006 and all sorts of different, you know, little decisions throughout a game that you can question, right? Right, of course. But, like, I've never come away from a Patriots football game questioning, like, the int- like something as major as this from the head coach. Like, it's, I just, it's incredible to me that that is the thing we're talking about. The fact that, like, we're, like, oh, I, I can't even, I can't even <laughs> articulate this well. Like, let me put it this way. If there was a prop bet <laughs> of <laughs> will Patriots fans be outraged by the fact that their one of their better players was left on the bench throughout the whole game, the odds of that would have been like 10,000 to 1. We're like, why, why would we ever do that to ourselves? Right. Why would we ever shoot ourselves in the foot like that? And like, as it turns out, we're pissed that we lost the Super Bowl for not because the Eagles necessarily outplayed us. I think it was pretty even, to be honest, throughout. Yeah. But the fact that we didn't have 
all of our best players playing in the game. Like that's ludicrous to me that that's that's the case. Do you, you know, you mentioned before the Bill Belichick like arrogance thing and how it comes across as very uh, disrespectful, I guess, to an opponent. And do, do you look back and think like, okay, you know, whenever this whole run started with the Brady Belichick thing in 2000, 2001, the card that the Patriots always played was people disrespect us. They don't think that we're mm-hmm. a worthy opponent. And now Bill Belichick is kind of giving some of that billboard or bulletin board material to other teams. Oh yeah, it, you, like, know, you don't think you you didn't think that like in throughout that game like you know the Eagles are looking across to the other sideline and saying, does this guy really think he can beat us without like his right. second best corner? Right, like, really? He's willing. That's what he thinks of our passing exactly. attack. Like, are you looking at the scoreboard? Bill? Right. Hey Nick. Hey Nick Foles. Like this is how they're disrespecting you. They they think you're just a backup quarterback and you're not good enough to make these plays. So it doesn't matter who plays in their secondary because they can beat you. In the pregame shows, they were showing the last Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl in 2005 where Belichick stood up in front of his team and literally read the, like, press release from the city of Philadelphia about Mm -hmm. what their celebration was going to be and where the parade was going to go and that there was going to be an F-16 flyover. And he he was very, like, in case you're interested in that information— you know, and, and right. in, in a game in which they were heavily favored, exactly. by the way, he still right. plays the disrespect card because he knows how valuable it right. is. Right, and don't like okay, Bill. That you know, and we look back at it now. And even Tom Brady said in an interview uh, where they were talking about it, he was like, you know, we laugh at it now, but when you're sitting there, you're like, oh, that's what they think, and it's like, well, okay, when you look at it logically, like both cities have plans in place for what they're gonna do. Like these things don't just right. get thrown together. But he uses he used that as like fuel to say. They don't think you're good enough. That whole city thinks that you're, you know, going to come in here and they're just going to roll over you. And now I just feel like it's a good example of how maybe this shoe has flipped a little bit. Yeah, I just, I can't, I'll never, I will never get past that. And honestly, like I said before, like whatever the details are, whether he was, you know, missed a meeting or missed the flight. I've heard a couple rumors about that, you know, was out past curfew, smoking weed. Like I, it doesn't matter. There's just nothing he could have done because the other thing is he dressed. Like if you wanted to make him an active, make him an active, but like he's dressed, he was there. He was on the sideline. He was available. Right. So if, if someone got hurt, right, if Gilmore got hurt or Roe had gotten hurt, would you have played him then? Like, was your point not worth I don't know. Like, if there was an injury, what would you have done? You would have played him, clearly, because he was dressed, right. to your point. Right. So your point was only going to be valid for so long. Well, but also not even, because there was an injury. Patrick Chung yeah. left the game oh. with an injury, and he eventually came back. But, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, it, the, either way, like, the discipline would be conditional, right? Like, right. if you sit him for a series or you sit him for a quarter, like, whatever. Like, right. it, you know, uh, the player could presumably come away from that discipline being like, well, he wasn't going to sit me the whole game. Like, Bill. It's the goddamn Super Bowl, man. Like, put your best players on the field. The fact that we have to, like, say that today is so infuriating. And he's not going to be on your team next year. So who, yeah, who are you making You don't never have to deal with to? this guy again. You right. got 60 minutes of football. You never have to deal with this guy again. Right. You really hate his guts that much? Don't sign him. See you later. Like, but in the meantime, you know, it, it, the, let's win a Super Bowl about it, you know? Right. Yeah, you want to make a point to the rest of your team, win a Super Bowl and don't sign the guy because of his shenanigans before the Super Bowl? 
fine. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, like, it, even even benching him for a series or sure. a quarter or yep. whatever in it. the Super Bowl it. is huge. Right. Like, that's a huge that's huge discipline right there. I'm going to sit him out of a, the whole quarter of the goddamn Super Bowl. Like, I, if I was a player on that team, I'd be like, man, Bill's not fucking around. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. the whole game is just, that's to the, it's past the point of absurdity uh, <sighs> from the head coach. I'm pissed about it. Do you want to hear? So the Eagles possessed the ball on offense 10 times. Yeah. Do you want to hear? I just jotted these down on oh, the rewatch. Jake. No. Do you want to hear the conclusion of those ten offensive possessions? Yes. It felt like that. Only ten. It felt like a lot more. If you'd asked me to pick an over under, I would have said way higher than ten. Yeah. The amount of time they possessed it was uh, much obscene. You know, it, it was quite a while. But here's yeah. the, here's the conclusion. Oh quickly. my god, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. Field I won money on that field goal. I'll give them that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rip through these quick. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> field goal, touchdown, punt. The one oh, punch. Yeah. Game. Woo. Got one. Touchdown, interception. Oh, woohoo. And then here's where it gets really good. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal. Oh, wow. That hurts. And you're telling me that we couldn't have used Malcolm <laughs> Butler out there on the field for that? Are you fucking oh kidding me? God. Oh, my God. That hurts to hear out loud like that. That's I just know. embarrassing. Not to mention that some of those drives, were, you know, the, the the last drive to regain the lead after it was 33-32 after the Gronk, like, fade to the corner of the end zone, that was a seven-minute drive. That's an eternity. Yeah, that's that was it. We gave the, the – the Eagles got the ball back with nine minutes, and they, and they ended up giving it back to Brady with two. Like, they were on the field forever. Yeah, they did a good job. Like, their clock management, which I think is something we get on bad teams – about a lot their clock management was really strong they did a good job of like using time sticking to the middle of the field where they could and why wouldn't you the patriots couldn't tackle to save their goddamn lives so why would you you know go towards the sidelines and it, like right. there were very few stoppage in plays like they did a really good job managing you know through some of that time because if you give you know theory would be if you give tom brady time to make a run he's going to and i think they right. said last night like in every super bowl he's had a he's had a fourth quarter comeback and it's like yeah including this one <laughs> mind you <laughs> true because it happened we yeah he, they he were regained, the, the only the only time we ever had the lead right was uh with nine minutes to go in the fourth yeah and then look where it all went wrong uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, begrudging credit to Doug Peterson, who was, you know, someone we were questioning the competence of I pretty know. heavily last week. Something he was able to do w w was look past the the mystique and look past the uniforms and just look at the personnel on defense and be like, these guys suck. Right, we can take like, that we're gonna throw it. We're going to throw at Eric Rowe all day. Fucking we're going to like, okay, once they, once they made the adjustment and put Gilmore on um, Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. Like, and Gilmore played a great game. Alshon yeah. Jeffrey didn't have a catch after they took eric rowe off yeah um but they just kept following eric rowe around following jordan richards like all these bums of course that had to get Marquise significant Flowers, time because like, butler's Jesus on the bench Christ. Uh, you know fuck ice cream sundays all around i guess because they won Seriously. the super bowl do you think they had ice cream instead of beer in the locker room after i'm, sh I'm sure they i'm sure they had a dance party god so knows sticky. they love a good dance party i can't <laughs> so angry <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was a messy game. Is there anyone that stood out to you uh, from the Patriots side as like an MVP? Yeah, Tom freaking Brady. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> again, this was, this was upon rewatch today because, you know, it, when you're watching it live, 
every time someone yeah. drops a pass, it feels like the end of the world. There's and every time that it doesn't emotion. go according to plan. Yeah. Like, I, so I watched it again today, and it didn't really occur to me last night, Sunday night, watching the game, that just how good and how easily both offenses were able to move the ball. Like at the time, it just felt like the, you know, when I said this, when I was watching the game, when we were up by one, I said, we're up by one. It feels like we're down by 25. You yeah. know what I mean? Like just cause the Eagles were moving the ball with so much ease that it just, you, I felt like we were just getting shredded, which, you know, whatever. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I mean, Brady, Brady threw for 500 yards and three touchdowns. Like he, he exploded in this game. And like what, what else can he do other than, you know, hand hand the team a, a lead in the fourth quarter and fucking sit on the bench and watch the defense right. get shredded, you know? Every time. It's going to be so frustrating. I, you know, I think Brady did play well, and who I would probably give the MVP to is uh, the offensive line, which I think was a little – was a not a little, but it was a big question mark at the beginning of the season. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And Eagles pass rush really didn't get yeah, home. Yeah, and they are like – they're a – they were a good defense as well. And like, they were pretty known for their pass pass rush. Um, and they did a good job of like keeping them away from Brady. Uh, granted, like he got hit a couple times, but no sacks yeah, recorded I mean, right. against him. And like, other than that one strip fumble, like just the one that matters, just yeah. the key play there. But you know, they did a good job of giving Brady time in the pocket so that he could at least attempt mm-hmm you know some throws whether his guy was there or could make the catch or not is somewhat of a different story but um you know i thought that yeah, line, I mean, the line did a good job protecting him yeah and it's it's just crazy to think that you know generally speaking as brady goes so goes the team but i mean brady had one of the best performances he's had in a super bowl yeah. or, in, or even in just a postseason game in his life and it wasn't enough because the, the defense just was non-existent right yeah they couldn't uh, uh, you score, you think like, okay, great. And you turn the ball over and like, they just couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. How about you? Anybody stick out one direct, well, like, you, you know, for better or worse? Um, like I said, I thought the offensive line, I thought Gronk had a pretty good game too. Like he seemed to be where he needed to be. He tried to muscle through some of those. Yeah. Once they, passes. once they figured out a way to yeah. get him open, he definitely, yeah. he definitely went up. There was one drive, the, the, he scored two touchdowns. So yeah. the first one of his, which was, I think the first possession of the second half. Um, it was just all Gronk. It was there was like four or five passes yeah. to Gronk on that drive, and then ultimately to him again and for the touchdown. And yeah, I mean that's you know I was saying it last week. This is the first you know yeah. or a couple weeks ago, whatever. This is like one of the first postseasons where Gronk's been fully healthy. And yeah, he definitely he definitely had a big game. I also thought once they brought Burkhead in too, he kind of opened up the running game a little bit more, which they yeah. were lacking. Like they were able to swallow up James White pretty good. They were uh, Chris Collinsworth again, who I hate. Um, did a pretty good job analyzing the way the Eagles were covering White, and they were actually covering him as a part of the passing game, which a lot right, of— Right, yeah, Malcolm w- Jenkins was on him all night. Yeah. He's their best safety. Which at first he was like, oh, risky move, but then it ended up being the right play. Like, you can't treat him as a running back. You have to almost treat him as a slot receiver. And by doing right, that, right. they were able to kind of effectively shut him down— but when they brought Burkhead in, too, I think it just opened up the game plan a little bit more for them. Um, and it gave Brady another target sort of like closer to the line. And the only the uh, honestly, the only player on that side of the ball, the only player on offense I had any problems with was Brandon Cooks. I thought Brandon Cooks played. He, he had two plays basically in the first half and was an idiot on both of them. <laughs> and the second one got his head knocked off because oh. he was running in a circle. He I- ran in a circle. 
because he got the ball and it was you would have thought he had never caught a pass in the NFL in his life. It was like he didn't know what to do with it. Right. Just run forward, dude. Right. Like There's he literally only one way ran to, to his right. <laughs> Ran in a semicircle to his right, stops, starts to run in it. Like, if you look at the play again and slow it down, like, when he gets his, you know, his block knocked yeah. off by Malcolm Jenkins, he has begun to turn to his left. So he sort of turns into the hit because he wants to start running in the opposite direction. He had already caught the ball and ran backwards a couple steps to his right. And then he was like, oh, wait, no, I want to go backwards the other way now. <laughs> Turns to go to his left and gets clocked. It's like, what are you doing? Not to mention around. the fucking hurdle play was absurd. Oh my god, that play was so stupid. And I get it. He thought the defender was going to go down, so he was trying to leap over him. But like, don't get cute. Don't get fucking cute. Just on both plays, he should have just hit the deck and like go down. You're the. It's closing in on you. Like go down, avoid injury. And I think losing him was uh, it was a big deal. It put more pressure on Gronk because now. The Patriots had less weapons out on the field. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you know, as you, you don't want to win a Super Bowl with Philip Dorsett as your, as your deep threat. <laughs> as you we know. know. Like, yeah. That definitely was a huge, and I, you know, as much as, you know, you don't want to get on a guy who just got like concussed. Sure. Like, I don't think Brandon got his Cooks bell remembered, wrong. like, what state he was in at the time. <laughs> but, like, dude, you're literally running around in the circle in the middle of the field. Like, do you think you're not going to get hit? Right. Just Ugh. fall down. They've got you. Yeah, and the hurdle was ridiculous. I I looked it up because I was curious. Like, usually you see that, like, we've seen LeGarrette Blunt pull that play a couple times, like, in the middle of the field. LeGarrette Blunt's a big guy. He's 6'2", 6'3", something like that. Brandon Cooks is 5'10". Like, right. Brandon, you're, you're a very average size individual. You're really fast, but, like, <laughs> you don't you can't just jump over a, a person. Right. You can't jump over, like, six feet of dude. Right. You're not a Olympia, Olympian hurdler. I don't know. Yeah, like, or if that's Randy Moss or or, sure. or even Alshon Jeffrey, someone who's one of these like really big, Giant, long, like tall, yeah. you know, super long, uh, converted legs. basketball player yeah. guys, then like, all right, I guess I understand the attempt. But like Brandon Cooks, five ten, stay on the ground. It's where you were. It's where you were meant to <laughs> You're be. Destined to be. Go low. Go low. Uh, God. The only other play that I really feel obligated to talk about is the Amendola to Brandy pass. The fail. Yeah. The fail. We've path. got. I, we've got a little di- a differing take on that. I hated that call. You start. Uh, <laughs> I just thought you're not in a position where you need a trick play. The game was close. The offense was moving pretty well, as we've talked about. Um, I didn't think you were just in a spot to get cute like that, you know. And sure. Let me preface this by saying, had it worked, I would have been cheering wildly in my hotel room. But it didn't. And for me, it's you took the ball out of Tom Brady's hands for what end? Yeah. It just didn't seem like the best option at that time. Yeah. I see. I th- I actually don't mind the call. Obviously, the execution was poor. Like they had it though. I mean, it was there. Yeah. Um. It's not like it's not like the defense blew it up or anything like that. No. Like, it now, was just honestly, I think it was more of a bad throw, like unpopular opinion alert. But I put more of that on Amendola, to be honest. Okay. Like if you well, look at the way, I mean, it's stupid to even it's stupid to criticize Brady's ability to catch and stupid to criticize Amendola's ability uh, to throw right, because well, right. both of those guys have careers doing the opposite thing. <laughs> right. Um, but like I don't know if you go back and watch the watch the 
Amendola pass. He's like falling away backwards, like as if he's being pursued. He's really not. Like he's on his back foot and he just kind of lofts it up there. And it was like out of Brady's, you know, catch radius, which is not all that big. Right. Well, now um, Brady knows what it's like to try to catch a, catch a shitty rainbow pass that is yeah, exactly. too far in front of you. Balloon ball. Yeah. But I think, I think that we as Patriots fans associate trick plays with desperation just because that tends to be when we pull those weirdo plays out. Right. You know? Um, direct snaps and different, you know, that like famous, you know, Brady laterals to Edelman. Edelman throws the touchdown pass to Amendola a couple years back. Yeah. Uh, like we, as fans, we, I feel like we associate those with desperate times, but like, you know, no one says that you can only pull out trick plays when you're desperately behind. I, I, just think- I actually had more of an issue with the next play call, the fourth down call where they went for it and they threw a bomb to Rob Gronkowski for no reason and it didn't work. Yeah, I was, exactly. I was more mad at that. You needed just a couple yards if I remember right. Like, Yeah, it was like I fourth was like, and five or something. Just run it. Anyway, uh, I think the real kick in the teeth to that play, though, is to have the Eagles turn around and successfully execute oh, almost the God. exact same play and it results in a Nick Foles touchdown. Which is yeah, just that was, like, okay, talk about getting your face rubbed in the dirt. Oh, God. I wanted to throw up. It, I literally wanted I, to throw up when they pulled that. I said at that moment, like, well, there's the two fucking highlights we're going to see for the next nine months. Yep. Brady whiffing on the catch and Foles just tucking it in like a little baby and hitting the end zone. I was like, God damn it. That's worse than blowing that play is having them successfully execute that play. Yeah, yeah, that was like, uh, yeah, insulting. I was insulted by it. Yeah, I was angry. I was so angry. Like, how dare you? How dare you turn that around on us? Yeah, that was bad. Uh, That was bad. It It hurt. Not not a good moment. Uh, I got one one more axe to grind. Yeah, please. A little take take vindication here. Okay. here it comes. I, okay, so before you fucking roll your eyes, my take on Stephen Guskowski all year has been he has a tendency to miss kicks only in the big games. So every time he hits a fucking kick in a regular season normal game, yeah. everyone's like, "Fuck you, Craig." I get texts, 7, I get tweets, tweets all this yeah. bullshit, and all of a sudden, here we are in the Super Bowl, much like last year in the Super Bowl and also the year before that in the AFC Championship game and Guskowski misses an extra point. Okay. 3 We th- have I, I don't blame him for the I don't blame him for the field goal. Too. I don't blame okay. him for the field goal. Okay. I'm not you even talking about the field goal. The extra point the I put goal. squarely on God him. God damn it. No, that was a bad snap too. Allen caught it and like tried to write it and it looked better than the field goal, of course, because the field goal snap was atrocious. But No, yeah, Joe Cardona. That one's yeah, squarely on, on the snap. It's all on you, buddy. Uh the point after snap wasn't that much better, to be honest. Uh, I think it was good enough to be able to make the kick. Well, they didn't lose by one point, so. <laughs> and the Eagles. They sure did. The Eagles missed a point after, too. What do you think the odds are of that happening? They missed a point. At, yeah, the Eagles left five points on the board. They missed a point after and two two-point conversions. Yeah, crazy. Um, which, if we were able to stop them <laughs> or played with our best players on the field, we were may- we maybe today would have been laughing at Doug Peterson for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, those are the things that we would have said, like, dummy. <laughs> right, <laughs> Look right. Look at your special teams fucking you. Oh, you thought you were the king of the two-point conversion. You missed two of them, and you lost by five. Exactly. <sighs> I'm just saying that in the in the, in the in the three biggest games of the last three consecutive seasons, Steven Guskowski has mix, missed a kick he should have hit. I just want you to know I'm standing up and, like, yelling into my phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? So angry talking about this. 
Yeah. Well, I'm not happy to be vindicated by that yeah. take, but also it yeah. does feel good to be right. Yeah. Okay. About well. something. Because I was yeah. wrong about a lot in this game. <laughs> yeah. I think we whiffed on a lot of picks here. As my gambling record would indicate, we missed a couple. <laughs> yeah. Same, same. Same. Um, I have a douche of the week. Oh, sweet. Hit me. We haven't done it in a while, but I just feel obligated. The Super Bowl is more than just about football. I think it's a cultural event, something people around the country come together for to watch the halftime show. JT, no surprise guess. Mm-hmm. I was a little shocked by that, but whatever. That's neither yeah. here nor there. I did call it that he'd do a Prince song, though. Wait, so wait. Is the douche of the week Justin Timberlake? No. This is just oh, my... Okay. This is my my soliloquy. I just wanted to say I was right that he did a Prince song. Not the song I thought, but he did a Prince song. Uh, I thought some of the commercials were really good. I know we agree the Tide commercials were great and hilarious. Totally won the day. Totally Uh, won the day. But the Dodge Ram commercial with the MLK speech... And like, so t- take us through that a little bit. So I feel like you were watching this game in a much less rowdy environment than I was. I was so yeah. take us through this. So it, the commercial starts and it's like words of MLK Jr., which is, you know, we, it was just a couple weeks ago, MLK Jr. Day. It's now Black History Month. Like, great. And you think it's going to be a commercial for like the Red Cross or... The NAACP or UNICEF, right? And they're something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even like the NFL with some yes. charitable endeavor. Oh yeah, like, for yeah. sure, something charitable, um, because it is talking about like first responders and people showing heroism in everyday actions. And then slowly, right. there's using like, the voice of social justice and peaceful yeah. political activism and right. all this stuff. And in such a time where we talk so much about like Black Lives Matter and the time up movement and like there is such a rise i think in social awareness and and kind of totally and then there's like these weird cut scenes in the commercial to a dodge ram truck and i was like is this a mm. dodge commercial and it was and it just yeah buy more trucks yeah, is the message yeah and i like i texted our friends and i said like that commercial made me feel dirty cuz it was just not well placed, not well thought out. And, you know, in looking on Twitter, it looks like they caught quite a bit of heat for it after the fact. Um, I think it was just not, they didn't read the room right, if you will. So I would like to give yeah, the, the right, douche right. of the week to Dodge and their Dodge Ram ad <laughs> in the Super Bowl. And, you know, what's interesting too is like, you know, I, I, um, I immediately wondered where, like, how does that work in terms of like rights? Like, who owns the rights to that? audio yeah and uh i just looked it up on twitter at the king center uh which is you know uh the king center on twitter blue check mark it's it's all good uh (laughs) says neither the king center nor bernice king is the entity that approves the use of mlk's words or imagery for use in merchandise entertainment or advertisement including tonight's dodge super bowl commercial so a lot of people's initial reaction was like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, the, yeah. the king estate or whatever it was, like, allowed them to do that. And my I, my reaction was like, I wonder if that's like some sort of like public domain thing. Like, where was that speech that they pulled from? Like, I, I bet you right. can get, it's, it's, not, it's not like the Beatles. It's not like you, like the family owns a recording of everything he ever said. You know what I mean? Like, that's a good call, because I would bet 
And, well, and imagine how many times that was probably recorded, though. So if, like, NBC had an affiliate exactly. there and CBS and ABC and they all recorded the speech, they probably all have their own copy of the recording, which they can choose to use however they want, I would guess. Yeah. But, yeah, super anyway, douche move to try to, like, taste. capitalize on, like, the climate of social activism and, like, social awareness for various causes and, and uh, all that sort of stuff. Like, really, yeah, in, in poor taste to use that to try to, like, sell more cars. Yeah, bad timing. Bad timing. All right. So let's wrap this thing up, shall we? Uh, let's. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with uh, the people who are on the show here, you can do that a variety of ways. At uh, TitletownCast on Twitter. I got into it with a bunch of Eagles fans pregame. Uh, yeah. I feel real stupid about it now because I was talking a lot of shit. At, uh, at TitletownCast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is yep. where we can be found. Uh, you can also follow us or listen to this podcast at GuyBostonSports.com. You can also read a bunch of cool other articles uh, written by people that follow all sorts of sports around the area, which is awesome. And we will see you next week with some sort of subject matter. We'll see what it does. Yeah, well, there's a couple other teams that play in this town, so we're going to start talking about them a little more regularly now that the Patriots season that. has come to such a devastating end. <laughs> uh, fucking Eagles. Yeah, and thank God those teams aren't trash because if we had to talk about shitty Bruins and Celtics teams, I don't know if I could go on. I'm glad to know that you're <laughs> dedicated to the program, Melissa. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh. It's a long time till spring training, feels like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, then we'll see everybody next week. See you later. Bye.